Hey guys, Todd Sachs of Sachs Realty. Uh, welcome to this podcast episode of Things You Should Know. And today I'm honored to be here with Raquel Boris. And she has a company, a branding company called True To You Branding. And uh, we're going to talk about something that I'm not very good at. And uh, if th this may help you if you're not very good at it either. And that's LinkedIn. So Melissa and I are here uh, and uh, we're excited to dive right in. So Raquel, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. I Thanks for showing you. up <laughs> at our home office. It was a really here. long drive. <laughs> yeah, really. So uh, let's learn a little bit about you. So you started your business January, right? <laughs> yes. January this year, your branding company. I sure did, right before the pandemic. Yeah. Perfect timing. So why did you start and give us a little backstory of uh, what you... Uh, what you've been up to? Uh, so I was doing branding. I was a brand ambassador, brand relations manager for a mortgage company. And so I was doing it for them. And I realized how much I absolutely loved it. And I think people saw the passion and saw how much I enjoyed doing it, that I had a lot of people reach out to me almost every single day asking me for advice and how I managed to be, you know, putting a company on the map and, you know, how is it that I do so many videos and just, I had a lot of people just asking a lot of questions and it got to the point where I was also being asked to speak on panels at conferences about it. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I must be doing something right. And, uh, you know, it just came to the point where I wanted to be able to help everyone and anyone in any industry, right? So that's pretty much why I went out on my own so that I have the uh, flexibility to, to work with everyone. So LinkedIn's like one of the oldest social media platforms, right? I mean, has it been I around think so. ever? Um, I'm trying to, I don't really know when it actually started. I know that I got on it, I think uh, 2014. And it was still fairly new, but I think it had been around for several years. Yeah. So um, you, I mean, I look at your engagement. I mean, you really have a lot of engagement, which for us, I mean, I post things on LinkedIn and I'll get three and it's the same three people. And so we <laughs> want to learn uh, your tricks. And uh, so you do a lot of um, nonprofit work too, right? I was yes. kind of checking you out and we spoke and something, a couple of things you're real passionate about. So uh, just talk for a second on, you know, what that's all about. So four years ago, I started working with Laws, uh, which is the Loudon Abuse Women's Shelter out here in Loudon County, where I'm at. And I wanted to volunteer in my community. So I actually Googled, you know, nonprofits. And that is one that actually, um, it turns out that I know a few people that have used their resources. So um, I went ahead and did, it was like a 40 hour volunteer training session because it is pretty serious because you are dealing with people that um, deal with child abuse, domestic violence and so forth. And uh, it turns out that I volunteer by watching the kids. So when a lot of these parents go in and get counseling or they have special programs, you know, they have to uh, get someone to watch their children. And so they bring in their kids to the nurturing center and then I watch them while their parents are getting services. So that's nice. So um, I do that. And then I also started working, well, I volunteer also with the National Association of Minority Mortgage Bankers of America, NAMBA. So I got involved just being that I was in the mortgage industry and I think it's really important to bring more diversity, more women, younger professionals into the industry. So I actually launched the Northern Virginia chapter 
for NAMBA. So I think I'm technically still currently the president. <laughs> I actually have a call with them after this, but we were supposed to have a con our national conference next week and I was going to be one of the MCs. So I was really excited for that, but obviously that's been moved. Um, and then lately I've started collaborating with the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, which is to bring mental health awareness. And I've been helping Glenn Marsden, who's the founder, to kind of uh, cross over into LinkedIn. LinkedIn. He's really good on Instagram and Facebook. He has a huge following on Instagram, but uh, I'm helping him with LinkedIn because it is, you know, different to try to promote mental health awareness kind of in the corporate world, if you will. But I believe that that's where you need to be addressing mental health, especially right now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So why did you start to, you know, you just became really good at it. I mean, why did you start your branding company? I mean, obviously, you know, you were in corporate America, you were doing marketing. What made you decide to branch out on your own? Um, like I had mentioned, there was just enough people that wanted to, 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 for me to consult and give them advice. And the stars just align in a way that I, I needed to take that leap of faith. It was, it was a little scary about how it all just aligned. The people that I was meeting, um, you know, I came into some security money, uh, you know, just everyone was super supportive. I know when I was telling my parents, I was really nervous. I thought they were going to be like, what are you doing? Are you nuts that you're going to go out on your own when you have a really good, you know, stable job and you get, you know, good income and so forth. And no, if anything, they were like, you know, what, Raquel, go for it. Like, we believe in you and we believe that this is something that you're really good at. And uh, yeah, they were actually really supportive. So I think because of that and even my kids, because I thought I was nervous with my kids, too. And same thing, like my 19 year old son, who's a little bit tough on me, <laughs> he tends to act like he's my dad and my husband. Um, he, he was like, you know, mom, I think you're going to be really good. That's awesome. And that's all well, I needed really is their support. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, um, you know, people are really benefiting by what you do. So let's talk about LinkedIn. So what is different and why? What, what, what's the audience like, you know, kind of uh, take us from the perspective. It's certainly not like Facebook. No. So at the time that I got on LinkedIn, I actually had been off of Facebook for several years because I had gotten divorced uh, prior to that. And I just felt like Facebook was just, you know, everyone's in your business. And I didn't need to explain myself because, you know, I knew everyone was going to be like, why you're divorced. And so I, I got off of the platform and I was so happy. And then Instagram was fairly new. I had gotten it just because of my kids, actually. That's the only reason why I had initially gotten on Instagram. And then I thought, you know what? I'm now officially in the corporate world. I think I had just been in the corporate world for a year. So I thought, okay, this is my opportunity to connect with other you know, business people, because I was a stay-at-home mom before I got divorced. So this was my introduction to kind of figuring out what it was like to be in, in, you know, in the corporate job. So yeah, I got on LinkedIn and I wanted to be taken seriously. I wanted to be on there and actually see content that made sense. You know, I didn't want to see rants <laughs> of people talking about politics or religion or um, their families. Not that I don't care about people's families, but for me, I just, I wanted to be more intentional on the platform and LinkedIn just felt like it was the perfect fit. Would you say that you get the majority of your clients through connections through LinkedIn? Everything's through LinkedIn. I have yet to get anything through. Maybe a couple people have inquired, you know, through Facebook, but as far as all my connections that I've built and all these amazing people that I've met and become friends with and built amazing relationships with, all LinkedIn. Well, that's how we met. Yes. 
I mean, that's where people see what I do. Cause I mean, even though I'm back on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, I really focus on LinkedIn. Cause I tell people all the time that, you know, yes, you need to be on different platforms, but you need to focus on one. Cause it's really difficult to try to manage all three the, at the same level. So for me, LinkedIn is where I focus the most. So Raquel, you know, what's the difference between the personal side of LinkedIn and the business side of LinkedIn? Like I know, you know, I have 2,300 or 2,400 connections and then I have my business, which is a little more harder to get people to follow. And I think we have like 800 or so. So what are the primary differences and, you know, how do you sort of merge the two together? Oh, see, that's the thing is I never had a separate business page. And so when I was doing uh, the brand ambassador, if you, the, all the brand stuff for, for the company that I was working for, I put it on my personal. Like, yes, we had a business page, but a lot of stuff that I was doing was I was using my audience and my platform. And that's how we built their audience because the algorithms on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, they don't really like business pages. Okay. <laughs> So a lot of us don't have them. I'm like, for instance, on my Instagram, Facebook, I, LinkedIn, I have a true to you branding page. And the only reason why I had that is because when I have my um, experience, my job experience, instead mm -hmm. of having just that generic building that's on there, I like having my logo. So that's why I did it. But I haven't really posted anything on my true to you branding page as uh, everything I do on my personal because the algorithms honor the personal. And plus people want to see you. They don't, they're going to relate more to your personal page than they are to a business page. So that's interesting. So, so unlike Facebook, so that's a major difference because with Facebook, you know, people get annoyed, I guess, when you're posting constantly posting things about business on your personal Facebook, but they're kind of expecting it on LinkedIn. Yes, because that's the thing is LinkedIn is taking a shift for sure, where people are bringing in their personal because they're realizing that people don't like to be sold to, and then they want to buy from people that they know, like, and trust. So then that's why people are starting to show their personalities and who they are because they're realizing that's where the sale comes in, you know, not the canned, this is what we do. It's, it's, wow, I really like that person. I mean, that's how I get clients. It's not because they go to my business page and they see what I've done. It's because they follow my journey and they feel like they know who I am. So then they feel like that's someone I can actually work with and I feel comfortable with. And so that's how I get my clients. It has nothing to do with like the businessy part of it. Yeah, that's a great perspective. I've had it completely wrong. I mean, I've been, <laughs> you know, trying to, so what I end up doing is I like Facebook, I try and say, well, should I share this? Should I not share this to my personal LinkedIn account? But like you said, I mean, why have, I mean, your personal LinkedIn account, that's why they're buying you because, so they're going to LinkedIn because they want to be connected on a business level. So, yes. um, yeah, that's great. Well, what about connections? I know um, I get hit up all the time and it's like, as soon as I accept a connection, I'm instantly messaged. And they're selling yeah. me on their blah, you know, like they're just like, you know. Which is unfortunate. So what is the etiquette of that? I mean, so what does one, you know, do you accept all the connections that come in? Do you really sort so of? People have different thoughts on that. Like most people, I think the majority of people on LinkedIn will take, accept any, any connection. I mean, I see it all the time. For me, I don't. 
And in the beginning, when I first got on LinkedIn, I did. But what happened was, is that remember on LinkedIn, it's different than Facebook on LinkedIn. If you like someone's post or comment on there, your entire network sees that. So that's why you have to be careful too, right? So when I started connecting with random people and then I started seeing what they were liking and what they were commenting on, my feed was getting inundated with stuff that I didn't want to see. I didn't care about certain people. I mean, I'm going to get a little kind of, you know, specific here. You know, there's some men out there that tend to like a lot of like just the women and their selfies or whatever, because, you know, that is on LinkedIn. And just for me personally, I didn't want to see that. Like, I want to actually see something that has to do with the business that I am or the, you know, people I respect. And so I started disconnecting with a lot of those people. And so then I realized I'm going to be picky about who I connect with. So in the beginning, it was all in my industry. So when I was with a builder, it was all everyone in the building industry. When I moved over into mortgage, it was all everyone in the mortgage industry, real estate agents title. And then now that I'm on the branding side, I am a little more lenient when it comes to connections, but I still don't accept them all because what happens is, is when I was studying LinkedIn back in the day, I realized that a lot of people are just kind of creepers and they'll start commenting things that have absolutely no set, make no sense. And you can tell they never actually read your post or listened to your video. And I don't want that. Like I'm trying to protect my brand too. You know, it's my reputation. So I, I, yeah, I don't, I just, so, I'm kind of picky. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about, you know, what connections are good for businesses. So you had said when you were in the housing business, you focused on housing connections or mm -hmm. things like that. Is that what you advise your clients? I mean, do you advise them to <clears throat> stick to people that service the industry or that, you know, would become referral partners or how did, you know, what I mean, kind of like, like with, for instance, with you in real estate, your client is everybody or, you know, most people want to buy a home. So for someone like you, I wouldn't be too picky about it. Maybe you'd be, maybe you'd kind of go towards business owners or people that you know that, or, that are older, obviously, you know, people that um, have maybe been established a little bit. So you maybe understand that maybe they could afford a home. I don't know. I just know that you, someone like yourself, everybody's pretty much your client. But what about as far as so, but only in Maryland. So if they're not interested, we're only in Maryland. So if they're not buying Maryland real estate or, you know, so would you advise somebody like me only to connect with people that were in Maryland or? No, but once again, it, it's up to you. Yeah. That's the thing is like, you might not be comfortable just having people from all over the country, maybe engaging in your content. Maybe that's right. not something that you want. I want people from all over the world engaging in my content because what sure. I do carries over to any, any industry in any right. country. Uh, so it has to make sense to your business and you have to be, feel comfortable. Yeah. So, um, how do you get the engagement? It takes time and you have to reciprocate. I, you know, there's so many people that get on these social media platforms and they're just voyeurs and they never like or comment or do anything. And then they wonder why they don't really have much of an audience. I mean, it's funny because I get, I've had quite a few people message me on LinkedIn telling me, oh, I love all your posts. I follow you. What you're doing is great. Yet, I don't think they've ever liked or commented on my posts. And I think, well, that's kind of weird if they're, you know, fans and they follow what I do for, you know, like at least say something. Um, but uh, I definitely make sure that I reciprocate. So like I have my own little 
tribe, if you will, I, you know, you have fans. And so that I'm someone else's fan. Like I'm, I fangirl over a lot of people. And so I make sure that I'm always commenting. I'm always liking because yeah, it's a give and take. You can't expect, you know, to get the amount of engagement if you're not willing to do it yourself. And so that's why I go down on my feed. And if, if a, uh, a post makes sense, something that I really enjoyed or something that I think I could add insight, then I'll go ahead and comment. And so it's work. You know, yeah. once again, like I take it seriously. It's a job. I get on there and I go into my network and I check and see like, okay, you know what? This person's been, you know, reacting to a lot of my posts. They've been commenting, you know, I need to kind of to return the favor and do the same for them. So I always try to, to have a, a balance. Well, it's working for you because you have a lot of engagement. Yes. Um, and it's interesting because I didn't realize LinkedIn was doing, or people were doing this on LinkedIn was there's engagement pods on there. And I actually was just invited into one, uh, last week. And it's the group of people that want to help each other with their engagement. So then what you do is in their mess, in the messages, they put your, the link up or like the post that they had just posted on LinkedIn so that we know to go and comment and like, and luckily it's a really good group. There's some amazing people in this group. So then I feel like it makes sense, but I made sure I told the guy, I said, listen, don't put me in a group just to like and comment just because if it doesn't make sense, like once again, this is my brand. People see what I like and comment. And, um, so it's working out and that's how we're helping each other. But yeah, I didn't really, I, under, I didn't know that that was a thing. See, I learned something new last week. <laughs> So do you find when you engage with others, they instantly start to engage with you? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. And then people tag, you know, others it's like, so for instance, if I do a post and I know that I have connections that are going to appreciate my post because I know that they'll have something great to comment. So it's almost doing it at, as a favor as, as well. Like I have my mentor and he has great insight. He always has such an awesome perspective on things. So then when I do a post where I know that he could like say something amazing on there, I tag him on it. And he knows that. He knows because what happens is a lot of times when we go on our feed, we don't see each other's posts because of the algorithms. And if you have, you know, a lot of connections, you only see people that you kind of engage with. And so I make it a point to tag people so that they are aware of my post. So do you ever tag people that aren't part of your post? Mm -mm. No, I don't. Yeah. That's, that's another thing too, is that people get very tag happy. It's like tag you're in, you know, it's like <laughs> LinkedIn's not a game of tag folks, but I understand where a lot of people, once again, they think if I tag these people and they see my post and they like and comment, then their engagement's automatically going to go up. And that might be great, but at the same time, how annoying would it be if you're getting tagged constantly by a particular person for no reason? I would be, I don't know if I would block them. I haven't gotten to that point, but I sometimes ignore people because I'll get tagged on posts that are religious and I don't comment or like on religious posts. So I just kind of ignore it, but then I just get confused. <laughs> so other than um, knowing that they, that they were tagged, what happens to the news feed? Does it show up to more people? If people are following them, does it populate the people that follow, you know, who you tagged feed or I mean, what, what happens in that tagging process? Well, what happens, which can be annoying. And this is why I tell people like, don't tag the same people all the time. Cause what happens is if I am tagged on a post, 
I am notified every time someone likes that post or comments on it. So that can be really annoying for some people, right? Because they're like, oh my gosh, now I'm getting notified for every single thing. Um, and then not only that, once again, whoever likes or comments on that post, their entire network is seeing that on their network. That's why people tag because they're utilizing each other's networks. What does trending mean? When I get trending. these alerts that says so-and-so is yeah. trending. Okay. So just like hashtags on Instagram, Facebook, you know, you can follow <laughs> hashtags. Well, LinkedIn, you can follow hashtags as well. So what happens is if enough people are looking up that hashtag, and seeing your post, then you're trending. So it's really cool because I trend a lot for whatever reason. And so when I trend, what happens is they tell everyone in my network, Raquel's post is trending in hashtag personal branding, for instance. And so then it kind of revives that post because then people who maybe didn't see it are like, oh, what post is this? And then they'll go back into it. And it's like, it, it breathes brand new life into that post. So it's really cool to trend. <laughs> Plus it, it makes you look like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> That's awesome. How about grouping? Can you explain like how you get like the groups? What exactly um, that is? So like, I'm not a big group person. Like I don't ever form groups. I've been asked to be in groups. So I think on LinkedIn, like even if for instance, that engagement pod, they just go in, in your, in your LinkedIn messages and they can, you can just choose you know, your connections and put them in a group. And then, so then when you message someone, you're all in the group, but like, as far as like Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups, I don't, I don't really follow them. I don't see much value for me personally in those groups. Cause I think what happens is there's so many groups out there and then you get into these groups and then you realize that like, you're really not getting much information or people just start kind of, you know, inundating it. But I know that with Facebook, it's different. So I, I can't really say much about, you know, yeah. how about hashtags? How many are good too many or, you know, how do you find what hashtags to use? So I'm still learning. Like for instance, Instagram, I'm super confused with, with their hashtags because they want you to, I think they tell you that you should do like 15 to 20 on average in your post and they should be different. Cause if you do the exact same hashtags then they, the, they think that you're a robot. Okay. <laughs> so they'll penalize you. As far as um, Facebook, I don't know how hashtags really work on Facebook. As far as LinkedIn, I only put like two or three because what happens is, is in order to trend, it's that first hashtag that you put, it's that hashtag that people have to follow. That's what I found. If I've never ever trended with that second or third hashtag, which I thought interesting. was interesting. So that's okay. why I always make sure my first hashtag is what I want people to, to follow. So, and then I guess the algorithms are kind of the same for all the platforms. Are they based on engagement? So is it a, is a, you know, like a, what is it? A reaction? I think it is with LinkedIn or a comment. So yeah, it's like a point system almost. Yeah. Almost like where if you get a like, you get a point. If you get a comment, you get two points. If you get a repost, you get like three points. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that you are engaging. Um, what people also don't understand is that all those platforms want everything to be organic. They don't want you sharing posts. So like if you on LinkedIn, I tell people all the time, if you're going to share a post, don't just share it at least like say something on there. Cause LinkedIn doesn't like that. They want you having your own content. And then not only that, so many people will put links on their posts to like a YouTube video. Remember I it's Google that owns YouTube. And so 
LinkedIn, all these platforms, they want to keep you on their site. So any kind of link or anything that's going to take you off of their site, they're not going to promote that. <laughs> they're going to push that down at the bottom of the algorithm. And so that's, that's another thing that people don't realize that they want organic video, anything that's actually naturally uploaded, not where they actually have to leave the site. So upload them straight to the LinkedIn platform. Cause see, I've been just posting the link to the YouTube and you know, playing it that way, you, you say we should just be uploading them straight to LinkedIn. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I'm telling you, there's been many a times where I've done a link and my engagement sucks. And it's because I know that I am doing something to where, and not only that, if you, if you notice back in the day with LinkedIn, you could do a website link and it would show the website. Now it's the little LinkedIn thingy on there. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like a little snippet, right? Yes. It changes to a LinkedIn um, link. URL. Yeah. Yeah. Or URL. So yeah. that they, yeah, they don't want you getting off their platform. So what's the difference between an article and a post? So articles, you actually write an article and it's in the article section and it's actually really easy. I did an article um, about a couple of years ago. I want to do more, but I'm not really the best writer. I'm kind of, you know, when it comes to writing, I get really nervous. So I did do an article, a simple one. Um, they have a template for it. They really do make it easy for you where you can put your picture in and then it just shows you where the content is and they make it look really pretty. And uh, that's a great one too, because what happens is when you post an article, it tells your entire network, same thing. Raquel Boris just posted an article and then the engagement in the articles tend to be really high as well. Um, so it's definitely something, I know that there's a colleague of mine who has a branding company and she's been, ha she's had it for years and I follow her and she's fantastic. And she posts a lot of articles and her engagement through the articles are through the roof, but she's a really good writer and she's like honed that skill. I'm just not at that level yet. <laughs> so when you post an article, if you have 2000 connections, every one of the connections gets an alert that you posted yes. an article. Yes. Wow. That's great. As opposed to when you do a post, if they're just going through their feed and you happen to be on their feed, then you get to see it. But the fact that you're being alerted that it's an article, that's really cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What about um, news? So every now and then I'll see that, you know, one of the people that I follow or that I'm connected to, it says that they're in the news. Is that literally a only reserved for the media or, you know, is there a certain influencer level that gets that kind of tagging as in the news? Um, I think it's any kind of publication that has your name on it because I've been alerted many people that are kind of like in more local publications, but they're still, you know, being uh, alerted that they're in that article. So I don't really know specifically how it is just because I'm not in the media much, <laughs> but um, I do know that I've, I've been alerted a lot as well. Like you saw that so-and-so is in the news, which I always think like, Ooh, you know, it's like when you, when you see that, you think, oh, well, gosh, I wonder what it was. And so you go ahead and, and usually click. So it helps. I think it is a good bait. <laughs> yeah. So frequency, how often should one post on LinkedIn? Uh, well, you know, you have the school of Gary Vanderchuk, who's like post a hundred times a day. Uh, <laughs> and then you have some people that uh, post once a week. I try to post at least once every single day. Um, there's been times where I posted three times in one day, which I think is a little much sometimes, but if it makes sense, 
then, then I do it. Um, I don't do it just to do it, but I do try to post something every day because you do want to have be consistent. Cause it's, it's funny. I went, uh, I was on a zoom call with a colleague of mine who's pretty big on LinkedIn as well. And she, because of all the pandemic, you know, stuff, she just didn't feel comfortable posting anything because she felt like she didn't know if she was going to say something that people were going to take the wrong way. She didn't want to be insensitive. Like she just in her heart didn't feel comfortable doing it. So she didn't do it, which is fine. But she was off of LinkedIn, I think for a good two, three weeks. And she finally got back on. And she told me the other day that now that she's posting, she's like, I see my engagement level is down. She's like, it's like she has to work her way back up because LinkedIn pretty much kind of punished her being like, hey, you took a little time out, maybe a little too long. So now we're going to have to make you work back, you know, to get it back. So, I mean, they definitely want you to be consistent. Do you recommend the LinkedIn live? You know what? It's actually really difficult to get. Okay. Uh, and not only is it difficult, but they want people who are used to being live. So they want people to show examples that they've been on Facebook live a lot, Instagram live, like someone like me, I probably wouldn't get approved because I don't do lives. I don't feel comfortable doing them. I did my first one on Facebook by myself maybe three weeks ago and I felt just, it was horrifying for me. And I just, I didn't, you didn't get back on again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, they definitely want someone experienced and then it's a whole application process and it takes months. So people think like, Oh, I'm going to get a LinkedIn live. I'm like, okay, good luck with that because it's not as easy as you think it is. Interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. You have to. Oh yeah. It. It's, it's definitely a, it's a thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, what so, do you think um, the balance between your video postings and photo postings? I know that you do both. I'm sure that right. the video goes over more engagement. Yes, that's why I, I try to do the majority of it is uh, through video because I think someone had said there was a statistic out there that in the next year or two, 87% of traffic on an internet is going to be video. So if you're not actually doing video, you're going to be lost. I mean, you, I mean, you have to do video period. You have to adapt right now and it's, everyone's changing and that's where it's going is, is through video. And that's why these platforms are honoring video. Hmm. And so that's why I do it. Cause I understand. And not only that people love to see your mannerisms, your expressions, how, you know, your voice. I mean, it, you definitely connect much better. If I just did like a still picture of me smiling as opposed to me talking there's a big difference there. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to connect with the other person on the other side of the computer or the phone. And so I think that that's the best way to do it. So how's closed caption work on LinkedIn? Because I know it's a lot more difficult. I can easily do it on YouTube and Facebook, but you know, as far as it being transcribed, um, how do you actually, do you have to upload it that way as far as Yes. And you have to, like, I have a, a caption app and I tried it and I just, it was a nightmare. So I don't do captions, but you should do captions. Cause if you think about it, I mean, right now it's not as bad because everyone's pretty much at home, Right. but at work, when people were strolling through and you're maybe in a meeting and you got your LinkedIn, you know, obviously that you had your volume down. So if you see a video, you're definitely going to stick around if you have captions like I do, like right. if I want my volume up and someone has captions and I actually will right. start reading it if, if the video looks engaging. So I'm guilty of not, of not doing that. And I know I need to, but it's just, it's another, you know, <laughs> thing that I have to work on because the way I speak, I don't articulate as well as a lot of other people do. And I think I have a little bit of slang words here and there. And so the caption, 
won't pick it up as well. So then you have to go back and edit it. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same, I, I had the same problem. Yeah, definitely. Same issue with that. I'm yeah. always correcting it. Um, so tips for people on, uh, you know, maybe the technology side of things. So how do you do your videos? Um, are you just using your iPhone? Do you, you know, do you have any kind of editing software? I have a 10 uh, XX XS. That's what it is on my phone. That's what I use for my video. I have three apps that I use the most frequently. And uh, the first one is InShot. So that's the one that I use to edit. Like if I want to slice my video or jump cuts, uh, if I want to put like a sticker on it or text, I do InShot. Then the second one that I use is Over. And Over is where you can put your logo, you can upload an image on, onto your video. So Over is a good one. And you can do a lot more, but Over is more for the, for the pictures and the logo. And then I have Beauty Plus, which is for aesthetics. You know, like a lot of times if I do a video at night and the lighting's not very good, I'll use Beauty Plus because it really lightens up the video. So those are the three that I use the most and they're all free. Obviously a lot of them have those in app purchases, but let me tell you the basic on all three is good enough. I mean, I've upgraded just because, you know, I do so much with, with those three, but as far as anybody else, you don't have to upgrade. You can still utilize. So do you run each video through all three apps or <clears throat> platforms or you only use one at, you know, you mean like what I post, like a video that I do? No, as far as, you know, you say you use three different apps. Oh, yeah, that's so just to edit it. you post, produce these videos through each app individually and then post it or? Yeah, sometimes like I'll do, a lot of times I'll, let's say I, on Beauty Plus, I can actually record on there. There's a video option. So it'll record the video in that filter. Okay. And then what I can, then I can go over to you know, uh, in shot and edit it if I need to. But a lot of times, sometimes beauty plus is all I use. Or even if I use just my phone and I don't have a filter, your iPhone has options to edit on there as well. So it doesn't have to be a long process. Yeah. It really doesn't. Yeah. I think people like a little bit of raw too. I mean, I think that, yeah. you know, it's accepted. It's okay to not have a perfectly produced video. Um, and, you know, we do a lot of video and full disclosure, I, you know, we have a, uh, a person in house, Joe, that, um, that helps us and, you know, does a lot of that technical stuff. But what do you say to people that are, you know, watching and, you know, they, they're unsure about social media for whatever reason, um, they're not doing it. And I know, you know, we're constantly telling our agents, like, if you're not doing video, you're not putting yourself out there, you're just not going to exist. What do you have to say to those people? Well, just like anything in life, you know, if you can tell someone to do something until you're blue in the face, but unless they are motivated to do it, it's not going to, it's not going to work. And plus, why would you want someone on social media that is dreading it? Because it's going to, it's going to show, right? If someone's miserable and they're in front of the camera and they're, they're doing a video and they're just awful, they're probably better off not getting in front of the camera. Cause if they look like they're miserable, most people are going to be like, I don't want to work with that person. So obviously you have to be comfortable. I mean, you don't want to force anyone to do anything that they don't want to do, but you know, that's kind of where I like to come in with my, you know, business is 
helping them more on the psychological part of it. Cause I think a lot of people just are nervous about it. Cause it's more about, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be criticized. People are going to judge me. My video production isn't perfect. So then they get in their head so much. And then that's why they're not out there. And so it's kind of explaining to them and kind of, you know, holding their hand and coaching them in a way where by the end of the day, they feel like, okay, this is going to be okay. Like I've, I've had a lot of conversations with people by the end of the conversation. They're like, you know what, Raquel, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get in front of the camera and they do it and it's amazing. And then they realize it really wasn't that bad. (laughs) You know, a lot of people will have other people post for them. And I know when we've spoken before, you've said, you know, they want you, they want your original content. They want, you know, your true you. So um, it is all about coaching them to do it themselves. Yes. And obviously there's, you need to have a balance, you know, in the sense that, um, you know, it's okay to have, kind of that canned content that goes out there and that's scheduled. There's nothing wrong with that. But at some point, if that's all you're doing, then it's just going to, you know, go over people's heads and people are going to start ignoring you. Yeah. So you have to just throw in snippets of yourself here and there because then that's when, pe- it's, it, that's when people are like, Ooh, oh my gosh, that's the person behind all these posts. Like, I want to know who that person is. And it's funny how many like loan officers or real estate agents, like they'll do business, business, business stuff. And then they'll post a picture of like their anniversary, like with their wife or their spouse. And they're always shocked at how much engagement they get. They're like, Oh my gosh, this is the most popular post I've had. I'm like, I know that's because people saw something personal about you and it excited them and they were able to relate and they were happy for you. And And so that's why it's important to have that balance. Yeah. So definitely mix it up. Yes, definitely mix it up. Yeah, well, this is great stuff. So obviously, um, you have a branding company and uh, True to You Branding. And for we'll make sure that we publish all of your information in our show notes. If you guys are out there and you're, you know, uh, knowing that you should be doing more social media and you're having everybody tell you that, but you're struggling with it, you just heard Raquel can coach you right through that. And I'm sure she would love the opportunity to do that. Um, so Raquel, what's the best way to get a hold of you? LinkedIn? Yeah. So I'm Raquel Boris on all platforms. So LinkedIn, Facebook, even Instagram, Raquel.Boris. So you guys can, you know, reach me on, on all three. Uh, but LinkedIn is the one that I'm most active on. And that's where I tell people to follow me because then that's where you'll see what I'm talking about when I tell people that you can have a balance of both. I mean, I've done stuff on there that's super goofy, but it's people love it because they realize I'm human. <laughs> Absolutely. You know so what I mean? 2020, you just started your business. <clears throat> Do we see any kind of book in the future? Oh my gosh. Um, no, but I think I might want to start doing podcasts. I've been on yeah. so many that I thought like, you know, it'd be kind of fun to be on the other side as well. So maybe a podcast. Um, I have had people tell me I should write a book because I have a lot of different experiences. Uh, I don't know. I definitely want to go down the route of being a keynote speaker, you know, doing somewhat of those TED talks because I just, at the end of the day, want to help people inspire. You know, I, I like having a purpose (laughs) and my purpose, I I feel like my purpose is to help others. That's awesome. Well, look, we really appreciate your time and thank you so much. And Raquel, and for everybody watching, if you would hit the subscribe button and make sure that bell is selected. So you get alert every time we post a great video like this. Raquel's information is in the show notes. And thanks for watching. Thanks. Thanks. Sachs Realty, Maryland Broker, number 607720, office number 443-318-4514, equal housing opportunity.